This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. We went to see Gatsby last night, and we do have to tell our listeners that even though we were a bit resistant, we didn't know how it was going to be. It was actually a fantastic movie, wasn't it, Hannah? It was great, and it just shows you, you know, there's so much goes on in the world all over in people's lives that just get glossed over and gets lost in the sauce. And that was a beautiful story of somebody believing in somebody else, uh, the mainstream media I don't want to give away any plots for anybody who may not have seen it, but, you know, history is written by the, the victor, and this is the story that gets handed down to us, and we make our own ideas and our own impressions based on what the media tells us. And this was a beautiful example of not taking for gospel what you've been told, and a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful example of really somebody who believes in another person. And this is an exa- this is too something that we greatly believe in. It's one of the reasons that motivates us to have our show every Saturday and to have our group Akashic Records online every Sunday morning also because we do believe in truth and truth is just such an essential thing in relationships between people, in relationships between companies, governments and all of that right across the board. There's no excuses not to have truth. And this is the age, of course, that we're all moving into now and that we are so immersed in bringing in every single one of us and we are so excited and joyful about it. But I didn't mean to go off into a lecture there. Angel Rose was talking about the weather and the movies. So let's keep it light-hearted, just like the way Angel Rose got up this morning. Beautiful and exciting, as always. Of course, I just want to tell all the ladies out there that the movies were seen just because of Leonardo DiCaprio. You just can't go wrong with anything that he's in, I have to say. Him and Johnny Depp, I'd say, are my two favorites. But we have a wonderful guest today, Leslie Mitchell-Clark, and I know you're going to be introducing her very, very shortly. And we do have a couple announcements first. But Leslie is from Toronto, and she's going to be talking to us today all about ETs and interlife and spiritual ascension, three topics which are near and dear to our hearts. And we are really excited to have her on today because she's just a lovely, lovely woman. And we've had many correspondences with her. And talk about somebody also who's not only gifted, but lives from her heart. So we're looking forward to having her on. And you said we had announcements, Hannah? We do, but just uh, to continue a tiny little bit about Leslie before we get to the announcements, and then, of course, we'll bring her on. You mentioned she was uh, living in Toronto, but she works with artists locally and throughout the United States. In fact, she has appeared in commercials for McDonald's, Miller Lite, Bounce, and in the television shows Queer as Folk, as well as in the award-winning film Pay in Full. Now, so she's really, really got around and she also of course hosts her own radio show in Canada called Contact and that show explores the ET presence and other spiritual and metaphysical topics. Now 
the one thing that has always interested me about Leslie Mitchell Clark, of course, is the fact that she's a consulting hypnotist and she's a graduate of the Ontario Hypnosis Centre. She's also a member of the National Guild of Hypnotists and she has a special certification in past-life regression. And her hypnosis clinic is called Lightwork Hypnosis and that focuses on the positive improvement of all lives pertaining to artists in particular. Of course it would because her family, she and her, all her family, come from a long line of artists, actors, dancers, visual artists, writers, musicians, vocalists, etc. But before we get to her, I want to tell you about our Akashic Records online group. What I find really interesting about this is that Angel Rose, her initials, well, let me start at the beginning, perhaps her last name, my last name, is O'Grady. So her initials are Angel Rose O'Grady, A-R-O-G. The initials of the Akashic Records online group is A-R-O-G. So, to me, it's another one of the billions of little synchronicities to show us that we're on the right path, to give us an idea we're doing the right thing. And that has also been shown to us by the numbers of people who have signed up to attend the Akashic Records online group on Sundays at 10 o'clock Pacific. And what it is, it's a free group. You join in, you participate. Only if you want to ask a question. And Angel Rose goes into the Akashic Records and answers these big questions from source. She's not dealing with any intermediaries or any angels, archangels, ascended masters, nobody like that. She's drawing the information straight from the Akashic Records at the high level where she's bringing this information from source. And she's answering questions like ETs, Jesus, religions, dreams, the human body. Let me let me put you on to Angel Rose because she loves to talk about this subject. Well really Ahanu, the Sunday groups are an invitation for anyone who really has questions about the world today, about any of the metaphysical, spiritual, or holistic topics of the day. It's it's not necess it's not for personal questions and we do need to state that again. And those are for private readings. But these do give us an opportunity to answer people's questions and of course the sessions are also different because the questions people ask each week are also different. And at the end we have a meditation which we do together that where we all go to Paradise Earth and explore Paradise Earth and bring back the frequencies of Paradise Earth into our everyday life, which is a very profound experience. So we do have those now. We do archive those sessions for people who've missed them and do want to listen to them again. There is a little charge for those if anybody does want to keep, keep a file of those and listen to them again. But that's the only thing that we charge for is just the archive sessions you can certainly call in live and if you're interested in doing that send me an email to angelrose.com a-i-n-g-e-a-l-r-o-s-e.com and ask for the link to sign up for tomorrow's meeting and uh, Ahana will send it over to you right away so so don't be worried about that also if you'd like to call into the show today it's 805-292 Zero three four nine. And are you saying that we lost our guest, Ahano? 
We did just for a moment, but we're sure she's calling from Canada, of course, and we're sure she will get back on in a very few minutes. But in the meantime, Angel Rose and I, as always, have plenty to talk about. So to give you an idea of some of the things that came out of last Sunday's group records online was that our intention is our prayer. And that's a very, very powerful first statement out of those summaries, what we call the profundities. And these profundities, of course, are all free too. And they're available on angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. And that statement, our intention is our prayer. We get asked all the time on emails and through our contact page on angelrose.com and, of course, the world of worldofempowerment.com how to pray, how to contact God, how to connect with God, how to feel connected. And that is a most beautiful summary of what prayer is. Our intention is our prayer. Think about that. Take that one to heart and that will answer all those questions about prayer. Okay, well, while we're waiting for Leslie to come back on, you were talking about Let some of the things about that we had in the group Akashi Records, and we were talking about light codes, just to give people an example of some of the things that we do talk about on Sundays. Somebody asked about Amelia Earhart, I remembered that, That's even great. though my answer does disagree with somebody who was on coast to coast who believed that she was captured by the Japanese. I, di I didn't see that in, in the records, but anyway. Let me just read a little bit of Leslie's uh, introduction to herself. She is uniquely qualified to work with artists, as it's hardly an area of show business in which she hasn't worked. For some time, she's been a familiar name in the realm of media relations, promotion, and production of musical and theatrical events, as well as arts journalism. For the past 18 years, she has been based in New York City and Toronto, specializing in jazz-specific music publicity. Now, she, as I mentioned earlier, was born into a show business family. Leslie's late father, Whitney Mitchell, was a veteran jazz bassist and Emmy Award-winning comedy writer and producer. And her uncle was the late jazz bass legend, Red Mitchell. Wow. Leslie has been married for 20 years to the world-renowned, award-winning Canadian jazz drummer and member of the Order of Canada, Terry Clark. And they have two teenage sons, Christopher and Kyle. What a background is that? What an absolutely wonderful bio is that? And at the same time, she has combined all that with her study of ETs and hypnosis. Let's discuss one thing that I know Leslie was interested in talking about, and that was life between lives, but particularly hauntings. Now, many, many people have been very, very scared of hauntings all through the years. And the reason is, of course, because it's the unknown. And the unknown, we're very afraid of it. Some people who do know what's going on after death have a better understanding and therefore less fear. And Leslie has a particular interest because part of her family lineage comes from Ireland, of course, there's plenty of hauntings in various old castles and things all over Ireland. And I know there was one in particular that she wanted to talk about, Lett Castle in County Offaly. I don't have any personal knowledge of that particular place, but it's supposed to be quite haunted. Now, what I found really interesting about that when Leslie asked us about it 
was the fact that it was bought over by a different family several times, of course, and renovated. But the latest people are now showing it to the public. They have it open, showing it to the public, and people who are interested in hauntings and that kind of thing, they've actually turned it into a, a tourist resort almost. I, don't, I know they don't do overnight stays. I don't think they provide accommodation of any kind. But still, it's open to the public. So what they've done is they've turned something that was a negative into a positive. And I understand also that they may indeed have cleared out any of the really, really nasty negative stuff that was going on there. Apparently the families just murdered people when they came for dinner. That old classic story about, you know, be careful <laughs> when you get invited to dinner, you might be, might be murdered. But anyway, that's the way he dealt with his enemies, the original owner of this castle in Ireland. And I'm going to tell you a little story that I think matters to us in this day and age. And that is the fact that many people stay away from hauntings. And I remember that I was looking at a house one time to buy in County Dublin, the beautiful suburb of South County Dublin. And it was haunted. And it was advertised as such. The, the realtor really wanted to use this to spin his, his sales copy and make it attractive. But of course, the people just would not look at it. They thought, we're not going to buy and rear our children in a haunted house. So it would lay on the market for months and months and months and months. And we actually looked at it, but unfortunately couldn't afford it at the time. But eventually, somebody did come and buy it. And what they did was, they did a house clearing. And at that stage, of course, we weren't familiar with what house clearing was. And they cleared the house and turned it into the most beautiful place that they bought for a song and now must be worth millions. But it just shows you when you're, when you're focused on what you're doing and you grow in knowledge of what happens in the afterlife, you will be able to do these house clearings. It's a practice that I had. Rose has been doing for years and I've been doing for years. So it's not something that we're afraid of anymore. But it comes back to that statement that your intention is your prayer. You know, I certainly wouldn't want to live in a house that was haunted. I know a lot of people find that very interesting. And actually, we've never even gone on it on a ghost tour of any type. Although I have thought about it. I have thought about it at different times. But never have. I have mixed feelings about it. You know, on the one part, I think that all of those spirits that are caught there really do need to actually have help going to the light and not necessarily you know, have people come around to be, uh, to have an apparition of them and keep that going. That's my own personal thought. But this castle that you're mentioning, Lep Castle in, in Ireland, uh, that family was, what, the O'Carrolls? And they were quite vicious and bloody. I mean, I, I didn't think Ireland held such nasty stuff, Ahano. You led me to believe that Ireland was the purest country in the world and never had any sort of sordid stuff go on like that there. I, I'm shocked, Ahano. Well, the same can be true of any country culture or people was taken over by another. Because we've seen the same thing with the uh, Native American Indians, the Mexicans, the um, Oh, gosh, the South Americans, the Africans, they were all originally wonderful people who lived close to the land. 
and once greed and power came in to take their their possessions and their resources things inevitably changed and some people wanted to work for the new regime and others didn't so all through those hundreds and hundreds of years of occupation by the British in Ireland the Irish paid a price a huge price and th this is this is what you're talking about where greed and anger and and murder all was part of the, the society all through those hundreds and hundreds of years. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, of course, is because all that was then, and we really, really need to remember that we need to focus on the now, this moment. And this is where it brings us full circle to talk about forgiveness, because if we're not able to forgive this stuff that lies in our ancestors, it lies in our DNA, We've got to clear this, and this is the one beautiful way to do it. When it comes up in our conscious awareness, it's at that point in time that we can make the intention, which is our prayer, for forgiveness. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, thank you, because I love when you talk about forgiveness. It's such a beautiful way that you explain what it is. Well, forgiveness is really coming to a place where you understand that everybody is innocent. You know, it's kind of what I actually learned from studying the Course in Miracles for so many years. I'm going to switch chairs here. Huh? I'm still trying to get our guest back on, so I'm going to move out of the power seat and let him have it right now. You know, it's kind of the process of once you start examining yourself quite a bit, and you start to really look into your belief systems and look at what you really think about things and notice what your motivations are or the things that you believe, and you start clearing away some of that, what you find is that you're left with, you know, first of all, you're shocked by your belief systems. And second of all, you know, you end harmless. You, you end up just really not interested at all in uh, harming anybody or judging anyone. And even if, even if something happens to you where somebody's not very nice or something bigger, you still can can notice the behavior and say, well, that's really insane behavior, but you're still not interested in any sort of revenge or getting back at anybody, punishment on anybody. You just It's just not in your heart anymore. And that's what true forgiveness actually really is. It's And that whole topic of forgiveness, it is, a, it, it is an interesting place to come to, especially today, because, you know, as everybody knows, if you're on Facebook, you see all sorts of things going on in the world that, uh, some good, some bad. I mean, it looks like many countries are still having progress with uh, banning Monsanto crops, which is absolutely fantastic. In fact, today, there is a worldwide march against Monsanto. And I believe it's happening through many, many states today and maybe even countries uh, yeah, it would have to be if it was worldwide. And this is actually a really, really good thing because, as we know, um, this genetically modified seeds and food uh, is destroying life on our planet. You know, it's harming species. It's changing our organs. Um, and the United States is still the only one that refuses to label GMO foods. And, uh, in fact, there was some law that was trying to be passed, some senator was trying to pass a law that at least allowed each state 
to decide if they were going to ban these foods or not, and it was turned down in Congress. Can you believe that, uh huh? Saying to... that the federal government is uh, it's up to the federal government to, to regulate it. So. Yeah, we apologize big time about this, folks. But however, the show must go on. We've done. Uh, we've tried calling our guest. The guest has called on a mobile phone. All of that. So let's just keep moving on. Now. I want to talk about hypnosis a little bit because this is another subject too that many people are afraid of. And again, as I mentioned, people are afraid of things that they don't know about. So all hypnotists are no longer afraid of what goes on when they actually descend and, and descend, let's even take that word and, and strip it apart in a little while. When they descend into that place in the mind where it can access the past and the future and memories and all of that kind of thing. And one of the ways to actually access those deeper recesses of the mind is through a simple little technique of counting down, for example. I suppose you could also count up, but traditionally, I think, or maybe by experience, the, the tradition has been to count down. So when I use the word descend, it immediately brings up all these connotations of going down into hell, into darkness. And... As I said, it's the fear that really comes up in us when we do that. So when we count down in our minds in this relaxed state, what actually happens is that the mind itself go, slows down the brain waves and we go into a theta brainwave state and then we're able to access these parts of us that can remember past lives and in utero and childhood stuff and I think that is a really really wonderful thing to do and it's what people who specialize in past life regression they get great satisfaction from doing their work because they help people realize that they're not just this body that it's not just this time round and that's it that there is actually something eternal about us there is something that lives on even though the body dies and I think that realization alone we've been connecting with our guest offline and hopefully she'll call in again and we'll get the show rolling for you Leslie Mitchell Clark is a consulting hypnotist she's a graduate of the Ontario Hypnosis Centre a member of the National Guild of Hypnotists with a special certification in past life regression and Leslie and her hypnosis clinic Lightwork Hypnosis are focused on the use of hypnosis for the positive improvement of all issues pertaining to artists of all disciplines, actors, dancers, visual artists, writers, musicians, vocalists, etc., and the unique demands that they deal with in their daily lives and careers. She resides in Toronto and has worked with artists locally and throughout the United States, Japan, and Europe. She has recently appeared in commercials for McDonald's, Miller Lite, Bounce, and in the television show Queer as Folk, as well as award-winning feature film Pay in Full, written and directed by Walter Alza, and in the short film Clive Houston, We Have a Problem. She also hosts her own radio show in Canada called Contact. Let's take a quick studio break there. We must remind our listeners that you're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. Our special guest today is Leslie Mitchell-Clark, and she can be contacted at Lightwork Hypnosis. That's all one word, lightworkhypnosis.com. We'll be back right after this. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. 
Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, we're back on the Honest to God series radio show with Angel Rose and Ahanu after a serious technical problem. Now, we're going to try and get our guest back on today, who is Leslie Mitchell Clark. We're going to put you on to Angel Rose while I send an email to her. All right. Well, you know how solar flares and all sorts of things interrupt these electromagnetic waves. So I hope we still have our audience listening and they didn't give up on us. As I was saying, we've probably been off the whole time. It is a beautiful day in San Diego, and we did go see Gatsby last night, which was absolutely fantastic. And, of course, I love anything with Leonardo DiCaprio in it anyway. He's just, he's just gets handsomer the older he gets. I know you may not want to hear that being a man, but, you know, he went from looking like a little boy to uh, a nice, sexy man now. So he's still kind of young, though. So anyway, uh, if anybody hasn't gone to see it yet, you will enjoy it. It's very well, very well done and captivated our interest the whole entire time. And the theater was full. We had to actually sit in the second row from the front. We've never had to do that. But such a San Diego, busy, busy, busy place, lots of people out. And certainly there doesn't look like there's any lack of economical prosperity in this area. Uh Wouldn't you say so? Yes, I really enjoyed that show, and it was one of those shows that looked to be bringing out truth, and I like that kind of thing because I come from a culture in Ireland where a lot of things have been buried, a lot of truths have been hidden, and this was one of those shows that actually looked to uncover what may have been underneath, what may have been hidden what may have been untold or mistold. And this does need to come out. But as I mentioned to Angel Rose before we came on the show, sometimes it's better not to go back over old stuff and to just focus in the here and now. And I'm saying that too, with our guest in mind today, who's Leslie Mitchell-Clark from Toronto, because she's fascinated by a lot of the old ghost stories from Ireland. And while I, too, have an interest in that kind of thing, it's not something that I want to dwell on anymore because I believe that we are on the verge of a wonderful new society, a wonderful new way of looking at each other, of treating each other, of doing business with each other, and working together towards common goals of enlightenment and growth and prosperity that's not based on greed. So. We will we will talk about these things with Leslie Mitchell-Clark today, and let me give you a little bit of background about our guest. She's uniquely qualified to work with artists, first of all, as there's hardly an area of show business in which she hasn't worked. And she specifically loves show business because she comes from a family of show business personalities. Her late father, Whitney Mitchell, was a veteran jazz bassist and Emmy Award-winning comedy writer and producer, and her uncle was the late jazz bass legend Red Mitchell, 
that's a wonderful legacy to come from. And obviously, all of those gifts and abilities have extended into Leslie. After touring the Orient extensively with her own musical group, Main Squeeze, Leslie owned and operated a recording studio in Los Angeles, where many jazz projects and much of the vocal work for Hanna-Barber cartoons was recorded. She also worked in production on NBC's The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, The Hollywood Squares, The Midnight Special, as well as numerous productions for Merv Griffin, Dick Clark, Bob Hope, Mark Goodson and Chuck Barris. She's been married for 20 years to the world-renowned, award-winning Canadian jazz drummer and member of the Order of Canada, Terry Clark. They have two teenage sons, Christopher and Kyle. I do believe that we have her on the line right now. Leslie, good to talk to you at last. Are you there, Leslie? Good, good morning. Good morning, Angel and Ohano. And how is how are things at the at the chip end of Lemuria this morning? <laughs> I know, I know. They're fantastic. They're fantastic. I I usually begin the show by saying how wonderful the weather is. It's, you may know. I think you know San Diego well. I at, do indeed. In fact, the, it almost becomes boring that yeah. it's so fabulous every day. <laughs> I'm not bored with it quite yet, but I don't particularly like it on the really, really hot days. But uh, so far, it's been wonderful anyway. So <laughs> good. Well, listen, good, we good, talked good. a bit of time with technical difficulties, so we'd like to get right into our conversations with you today. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. So Hannah was giving us a little bit of history about you and all of your wonderful experiences and talents and gifts. And my gosh, they're, they go on forever. So tell us, you know, I'm interested with all of your background in the arts, how you actually got interested in the topic of ETs and, and indeed all the other spiritual uh, knowledge that you have. Ah, well, you know, actually what, what probably, you know, what is not mentioned in my official bio is that, uh, I always had a strong leaning towards, uh, medicine and the healing arts. And in fact, I am in the States a, uh, like, licensed psychiatric technician too. And the way I put myself through university was in fact working on a night shift in a state mental hospital. <laughs> So I have, in fact, um, and 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 I really believe that I have had many lifetimes in the healing modalities. It's it's something I am just as fascinated by, and perhaps more fascinated by at this point in my life than you know participating as a performer in the arts. And um, my my own interest in um, in hypnotherapy and in utilizing hypnotherapy to, in fact work with abductees is is quite long standing. Um I myself had a couple of uh experiences um as a teenager and um in my early twenties that in fact um invigorated and instigated my interest in extraterrestrial contact. And um so it took a few years uh for me to discover uh the the therapy or the modality that I wanted to use in the exploration of these matters and in helping these these individuals that have had these experiences. And uh, so my interest in hypnotherapy and in wanting to do it as a profession was sparked some years ago 
by my husband buying me a past life regression experience with a hypnotherapist. And when I passed through that experience, something in me intuitively knew that not only did I understand that type of therapy and process, but that I might have um, a natural skill for it. So uh, I would say it was a combination of things, but I have always leaned towards the um, towards the healing and the metaphysical, and in fact am descended on one line of my family from a, a rather long line of of healers, um, um, natural healers, and I suppose people that are involved also with the metaphysical. Wow, fantastic! All right, so <clears throat> concerning ET abductions, then Leslie. Because I have a couple of questions of my own about those, not really mm-hmm. having been regressed myself for that particular purpose, although I would really like to. But tell us what you have found out about people who, who obviously go through an abduction experience. And, you know, there are people that believe it's all in the mind and people that believe they're real. So where do you stand with that? What's your take on it? Well, firstly, I would say that not everyone who comes to see me or not everyone who believes themselves to be an abductee uh, has, in fact, had that kind of experience. There there may be very – there are a myriad of psychological uh, reasons why people might manufacture or come to believe something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said um, – the people that I have been working with who have had what I believe to be genuine abduction experiences come from all walks of life, and they're essentially uh, the most normal people that you would expect to find. So sanity <laughs> is something that I have to really look for when I began working with someone. And, and I do that by, of course, having a pre-interview with them on the phone and asking a myriad of questions that will uh, lead me to uh, the conclusion that they are psychologically healthy, so, sh- so I should, in fact, explore the experience further. And the things that, um, that the people who come to me have in common are generally uh, missing time, uh, they may have some conscious memories of the abduction of the abduction experience, but then big holes in what happened um, many many times and I believe in almost all of the incidents people have been abducted since they were children so we 're dealing with in some cases some very deep seated trauma but but you know on the positive, what I have found across the board is that the types of terrifying experiences that you would see in, you know, certain types of films or television shows are actually quite rare. Most of what I find are more collaborative experiences, if you will, where the abductee actually has a relationship with the beings with regards to, you know, helping our planet in a myriad of ways. Can I can I ask you? Can I delve into what would some of the what would some of the psychological things be where people may think they've had an experience but they really haven't? Well, I would have to say that you know that would have to lot have a lot to do with uh, disassociative disorders, uh, something that we might see in in schizophrenia or in uh, paranoid schizophrenia most particularly. 
So these would be the same type of people who also might believe, you know, that the government is spying on them. I mean, I actually had someone tell me that they believed that the little uh, chips that are on our credit cards, our ID chips, chips are capable of uh, eavesdropping, that they're actually minute uh, microphones of some sort. So generally, a high level of paranoia would would be in the mix there, I would have to say. Okay, okay. And so so I know that you wrote, wrote us a little bit about how you you thought that some of these abduction experiences were happening on the etheric levels, which would be yes. the spiritual levels of somebody. So can you can you talk about that? Absolutely. Um, with some of my clients, what I am finding is that in interactions with, shall we say, highly evolved beings, either technologically or spiritually, either way you wish to look at it or both ways, the communications are actually happening in an almost out-of-body type experience. The way I describe it is that it seems that people are able to release their etheric or their psychophysical body, um, and it actually does, you know, travel and interact with ascended beings, either on their home planet, sometimes on a on a ship or craft. Uh, the experience varies um, a good deal. But what we, I, in the past couple weeks, in fact, it's very timely that we're talking today because I've been experimenting with something brand new that I'm now calling hypno-contact. <laughs> and as far as I know, I may be one of the few people experimenting with this. And uh, it's it's basically an offshoot of the work of Dr. David Greer, who is the leading light right now of contact and disclosure. And basically, I have been able to put people into a deep trance state. And while they are in that trance state, they are able to facilitate communication with uh, beings that they... Uh, regularly communicate with, much as the same way we might facilitate communication with discarnate entities, the way a medium would perhaps go into trance and be able to then uh, exist on that higher vibratory level and have open communication with perhaps someone who has passed out of the physical body. See, I now think it's impossible to talk about extraterrestrial contact without talking about spirituality and the paranormal because I think in some sense it's kind of all the same thing it's all vibration and it's all dimensional vibration and uh, some ascended highly evolved beings operate at a very high vibrational level and it's very difficult for them to physicalize and so for us if we can get ourselves into a relaxed, meditative, trance-like state, we are then free to vibrate at the same, at the same level, if you will, as some of these highly evolved beings. So that's kind of what I've been experimenting with lately, and uh, if you've looked at any of the disclosure project information that Dr. David Greer is putting out, he claims now to have developed a technique uh, that uh, uses Vedic meditation techniques, and then they are establishing, he and his group 
have been establishing open communication with a variety of civilizations. And um, although I don't know the specifics of what happens after he, um, after people attain this meditative state, I have to believe it's somewhat related to what I am doing and that it involves some type of almost remote viewing techniques, you, that people are able to transfer their consciousness or communicate their consciousness photonically or interdimensionally. So that is the kind of communication that... We are, we are seeing, and in fact that Dr. David Greer has been seeing for some time, he claims now to have about 700 people that have been trained in these communication techniques and that there is ongoing communication all the time. And are there, are they from civilizations that people are commonly talking about, like Pleiadian, Arcturian, Andromedan? Yes. I mean, they are. Okay. Yes. Yes, indeed, they are. They are and that and more. Uh, so, yes, there are communications with the beings that are quite close to us physiologically. Um, some of them are – see, I think where – I think the big thing that we have been missing um, in our attempts to communicate with, with beings is that um, – you must assume that any civilization that is technically advanced, that their technology interfaces with their thought, right? We, we, we have been not thinking in this way as a civilization. And in fact, uh, I mean, we have deathbed confessions now. We have solid evidence that uh, after following the Roswell crash in 1947, that um, many, many pilots, U.S. Air Force pilots were trained to fly reverse-engineered craft and, in fact, learned how with the help of the the beings um, from uh, either Zeta Reticuli or whatever you think the great wherever you think the greys come for, mm -hmm. from. But they were trained to use um, uh, psychological mental interfaces. So we can do this. We can do this. We can have this communication. We're capable of it. We have simply convinced ourselves in this hologram of limitation that we can't. Well, Leslie, you say we can do this. Now, you, your entire background is in music, and you come from a musical family. And most people out there in the world today would have no idea of how to bridge that gap, how to make the leap to accept even that there's a possibility that there are extraterrestrial beings. What can you say to people? What can you offer them? Or how do you convince somebody of this possibility, despite various evidence being there? But I'm talking about the consciousness shift that must take place. How, do, how can you help somebody move to that possibility? Well, I'd, this, is a, this is a complex question, Ohanu, because people do come to me at different levels in their experience. I would say that the only thing that blocks this communication from happening more or less naturally is fear. The fear response, which occurs because people only partly remember their experiences, they, uh, they have been engendered to think of this, you know, abduction, and that's even, that's even a word that I don't really like to use. Fear surrounds the whole thing. So when someone initially comes to me, the first thing I do 
is dispel fear. We explore the experiences, and I'd say 99.9% of the time, when people are able to recall everything that has happened to them, they begin to understand that what has occurred has been an educational uh, encounter that they have on some level agreed to. And, of course, you know, we cannot ignore that the the area of um, genetic manipulation and genetic studies. There are certain um, certain EBE cultures that do not that have a darker agenda, and some people have had encounters that are in fact extremely terrifying. Because um, you know, I believe the small greys, and from what we know, are largely sophisticated androids. They are kind of like worker bees. They are they are biological, but they are also sort of pre-programmed. So many times people, all they can recall is being taken by these soulless uh, entities, which are in fact just workers. So I eliminate the fear in answer to your question, and we do that by the gentle, safe recall and processing of the person's experiences. Um, then the next step is to empower the abductee to get in touch with their role as a complicit researcher or as a um, a participant, as a kind of a partner. And um, and then following that, um, the communication, the if you will call it telepathic communication, seems to be a very easy thing to facilitate. It seems that all it takes from the abductee or probably from any of us is an openness for it to occur. Okay, Leslie, let me ask you then about these grays because there's times in my life where I'll I'll be, you know, proceeding along my spiritual path quite nicely and uh, it happened, one of the times it happened was when Ahanu and I were driving cross country from Chicago to Las Vegas and we we stopped at a hotel in Utah and just as I was laying down to go to sleep you know what appears in front of me is this TV screen with this gray alien waving at me okay mm-hmm. and it's the kind of it's the kind of image where hi remember me you know it's it's, yeah, that, yeah. it's that type of a uh, of feeling and it's happened yeah it's happened two or three times. It's happened in an EMDR session that I was in as well, where all uh-huh. of a sudden this alien pops up and uh, does the same thing, waves to me. But you know what? I'm aware that I, I don't have any any clear recall of an abduction this life, although, um, you know, I did have an appearance in a cabin one time of, of three three faceless beings who came in and told me they were going to be monitoring me even more closely now and this ironically was after I I did go through uh, Portales, New Mexico and had this incredible download of what our military was doing with these ETs and after I got back to my cabin these faceless beings appeared at the door and told me they were going to be monitoring me more closely now because I knew because I now I knew all this stuff and you know part of me thinks well so what if I know it it's what am I going to do with it? And I'm small time Charlie. Do you know? Yeah. So the you know you know my higher I curled 
The thing is, is when I saw them, I curled up in a fetal position as if it was some old memory that I knew these yeah. people or beings. And then my some higher part of me came in and said, you're not a baby anymore. And, yeah. you know, with that realization, my whole energy changed and they disappeared. And what preceded that was, you know, three days worth of black helicopters flying over my cabin. So have, yeah. have you ever had any kind of experiences like that? Anybody report anything oh certainly it certainly certainly in fact you know you've oh my phone seems to be running out of pop here but from from what you've told me um i would bet money that you have had um other other experiences that you simply do not recall consciously and remember that these things can happen in the dream state in fact they frequently do um, that seems to be when we are most vulnerable or, or most uh, receptive, either way you wish to look at it. And, um, you know, there is, there is collaboration between, you know, the beings of planet Serpo who are greys, but they're taller greys. And um, my feeling would be that you have had other experiences and that, and that the being you've seen on the television screen is, is trying to communicate with you. I, in my mind, I have this no, 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 <laughs> you know. Well, all the no, no, no is 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 old is is probably a very old fear response from not fully understanding uh, your experience, your previous experiences, which I would be willing to bet uh, are there. And um, and I would, as I as I said, you know, we've had. There, there is a big hookup between government, the U.S. government, and uh, the beings from Plant Serpo, who were the beings that crashed in Roswell, by the way. That was, and they are interdimensional beings, but they are bi biological entities, and they have um, been very involved with the military. So, and the military is always interested in people that can do this communication. Uh, I had a girlfriend many years ago who, in fact, worked for the government at what we now call Area 51. They call it Dreamland sometimes. She was a psychic, and she was actually working with government in perfecting and and uh, enhancing telepathic communications. So the government, as such, is always interested in people who can do that and have a facility for it. Leslie, let's take a quick studio break there. We must remind our listeners that you're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. Our special guest today is Leslie Mitchell-Clark, and she can be contacted at lightworkhypnosis. That's all one word, lightworkhypnosis.com. We'll be back right after this. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Welcome back. You're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. Our sponsor this week is Diamond Sun Hosting, consciously hosting your spiritual website since 1993. And they can be contacted at diamondsunhosting.com. If you wish to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series, contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. All right, we're back. You still with us, Leslie? 
I am indeed. Fantastic. Now, let me ask you, uh, can you do your hypnosis remotely on the phone? You know, that's a very interesting question. I have indeed. Um, I have done it on Skype. Not just, ju- not just with the, you know, the audio, the audio, but, um, I have in fact, uh, utilized Skype to put people in trance and work with them with regards to hypnotherapy. I have it on that. We have to have a conversation later. <laughs> okay. We will. We will. And, and actually, um, in reality, I may be coming your way in June. Oh, and really? So it would be a, it would be a very easy thing, you know, to grab my sister Karen, who's also very much involved in, in, um, in the metaphysical healing modalities, and we could certainly come down and and visit you at your world headquarters. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Okay, so I want to ask also, what relationship do you see then with these other beings from other civilizations and the crop circles? Well, crop circles, you know, there are different kinds, and this the crop circles are part of the gentle disclosure agenda which we find from the from the Pleiadians. Um, uh, possibly there are, um, you know, there are now benevolent beings. And we have a number of cultures who are utilizing um, the crop circle communication. And, in fact, uh, there's one very recently, and, and many of these, of course, we're finding in the, in the United Kingdom, there was one very recently that even had, um, you know, a binary code, which was... Um, uh, what's the word, decoded, I suppose, by some young programmer, and it was a, me- a positive message about, uh, you know, we're here to help you, that kind of thing. Uh, I think uh, we're also seeing in crop circles, we're seeing chemu- chemical formulas, indications of how to manipulate and utilize zero-point energy. So the crop circles actually, they, by and large, you know, the complex ones have meanings that are positive messages, gentle messages, to help us solve these huge issues of environmental destruction, uh, poverty, and illness uh, that are that are being you know perpetuated by these horrendous uh, uh, financial cabals, these old paradigms of greed. Well, I don't know if I told you, but we have a we have a friend. You know who Barbara Lamb is, I'm sure. Of course, yes. Okay, well, apparently our friend is friends with Barbara Lamb, and she, for since 2003, she's been going, whenever there'd be a crop circle in England, she would go take pure water and go sit in the center and make basically a mother tincture out of the vibration. And when I met my friend, he, he brought me down into his healing room, and he had a refrigerator full of hundreds of bottles of these mother tinctures, and they just didn't know what to do with them. So they actually hired me to decode these crop circles so they would know what to do with these these mother tinctures, and they've created over a 100 essences now, vibrational essences, out of these crop circles. And, you know, the reason I asked you is because when I'd be in there decoding them, you know, some were Pleiadian, some were Arcturian, uh, I've had yes. one that was created by the old Mayans. Uh, there was one made by a holy order of angels. And um, yes. those were rare, you know, but still, you know, when you say they were very gentle, it, that is true because when I got in there and actually took a look at what these were for, I mean, some were for, for us, 
and some were for the land and, and some were for, uh, you know, resolving karma on huge planetary levels. I mean, they were fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. That is, that is the most, one of the most wonderful things I've, I've heard, you know, and as I suspected, uh, these, this is exactly, this is part of the, our birthing, part of the process that we are going, that we are going through as we, as we as a planetary civilization begin to wake up. And, uh, there is a paradigm, there is a paradigm shift taking place because more of us are awake now than asleep. That has not occurred since the earliest days of, uh, of mankind's, you know, appearance on uh, planet Earth when we were, you know, aware of our relationship to the rest of the universe. And, uh, and so yes, I think, um, I think, uh, if you've seen any of the footage, short jog diversion, but the footage that I have seen that has been captured of crop circles being created appears to be, it appears to be done with robotic orbs. Right. Yeah, and we know the that orbs. the Pleiadians yep. and the Arcturians and many of the civilizations utilize again thought interfaced plasma to accomplish a wide trajectory. Yeah. So um, I believe that's what we're seeing. Yes, and you know, of course, you know, Kesh has written so much about plasma, and I, we just got his books to kind of look at that. And uh, you know, we heard about him through Penny Kelly. Have you heard of Penny Kelly? Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, she's done a lot with the crop circles and um, heck was that doctor's name? Hannah, do you remember? Leavenworth. Leavengood. Leavengood. Dr. Leavengood, who mm-hmm. who studied those crop circles quite a bit and discovered that they were indeed um, had something to do with plasma. But that they're so fascinating and interesting and. Um, I know when I work with them, it's it's so funny though, and I the other reason I need to talk to you is because, you, you know, these crop essences are for sale, and we certainly have some in our possession, and uh, of course the other gentleman um, who carries them does as well, but mm-hmm. people who've used them have had profound changes in themselves, and um, that's why I wanted to ask you about it because very interesting topic altogether. Go ahead, Leslie. Oh no, I was just um I was just saying I think I'm going to I'm going to take just two seconds to switch phones and call right back into you because uh my, my landline is uh running out of gas here. So I'm gonna call you guys right back on the uh, blog talk radio line with only a moment's intermission. You're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu and we broadcast every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Mountain, 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, and I think it's 3 p.m. now, Greenwich Mean Time, in uh, the United Kingdom and Ireland and in some parts of Europe. So do listen in. Of course, you can always get us on the archives at Blog Talk Radio, but you'll also get us on the archives at angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. Our special guest today is Leslie Mitchell-Clark. She can be contacted at lightworkhypnosis.com. Leslie is from Toronto in Canada. Well, actually, I'm not sure if she originates there, but she lives there for the last number of years with her husband, Terry Clark, who's a member of the Order of Canada, and they have two teenage sons, Christopher and Kyle. And Leslie comes from a long line of musicians. 
and she works in the music industry herself and has worked with many well-known people in that industry. But her most fascinating work to us is the work she does as a hypnotist. She speaks a lot about alien abductions, spiritual ascendance, and the link, the life in between lives. And we will get on to that very, very shortly. Now, Leslie, are you back with us? I am indeed, and I'm on my iPhone, and, and uh, everything sounds a lot better. <laughs> ah, great. Okay. All right, let's continue on that same subject, because it is something that a lot of people have some experiences of, but as you say, fear seems to override their willingness to speak about it or to explore it in any way. So do you yes. think that there's a there's some kind of a consensus, let's say, or there's some kind of an acceptance now, more than there ever was, of the alien abduction phenomena, and is it something that is mostly beneficial, or is there negative abductions also? Well, I would have to say, Ahanu, that it is primarily a positive and beneficial experience. And yes, um, the entire consciousness of the planet is is waking up to this type of activity as as something that is part and parcel of who we are. And, uh, you know, part of that, you can see this this awareness, you know, just percolating everywhere with just even your standard, you know, programming on television. There are some programs that experience, uh, that explore these matters with, with great uh, sensitivity. And, um, and so all of this is leading to people's willingness to accept and to um, maybe even um, experience themselves some type of uh, abduction events. Um, in fact, you know, it's speculated now from what, you know, people like Whitney Strieber and and um, some of the great ufologists and their massive interviewing that they do. I mean, it, there's speculation that maybe three-quarters of the people on the planet have had an encounter of some sort, whether it's an abduction or an etheric encounter, something has happened to them. So this is this has been going on, of course, since the dawn of time, and people are becoming more and more and more open to the entire process, as you say. And uh, in fact, as as a um, as an underscoring of that, you may not know that the United Nations has just established a diplomatic core that is designed specifically to interface peacefully with um, other intelligences. Wow. Now, I've got a, I have a ton of questions here, Leslie, but one that I do want your opinion on, um, because, again, somebody had posted something on Facebook showing this these trains running from California up through Louisiana to the U.S., carrying thousands of military trucks and tanks. And so, of course, there's a concern here about you know, do they know something? Are they preparing for something? Um, does this coincide with anything ET? And, you know, will the ET races that are in, that are for us prevent any sort of, you know, world takeover by these elitists? I mean, you know, when I saw that, the yes. person had posted photographs of these trains taking these trucks and tanks, and they said, as far as the eye can see, there was just no end to them, and shipping them across the yeah. U.S. So do you have any thoughts on that for us? 
Well, remember that the United States has massive underground bases everywhere, okay? So I think, I don't think that this particular train trip was anything out of the ordinary considering the unlimited black budgets uh, in the United States that have gone towards militarization in general. I believe that the, um, that we have had a sort of an unholy alliance with both negative ETs and, of course, positive ones as well, who keep trying. The, the, uh, according to some of the information that we're getting now, and a lot of this has to do with deathbed confessions of people that were high-ranking military officers during the post-Roswell era. So what we do know now is there has been a lot of interaction and a kind of pact between the beings from a, a planet called Serpo, which is in the uh, Alpha Centauri system. And they are basically, they look like taller grays. So the standardized gray modality, they look, they look kind of like that, maybe a little more humanoid than what you would envision as the standard grays who are little and three feet tall. These are taller grays, and they assisted us with various things, but it's all kind of been on their terms. Now, the more, the more evolved beings, and the beings that I should say we have strong genetic relationships with, and we can explore that at another time, but the Pleiadians, the Arcturians, the, uh, the Anunnaki, these beings have tried since the 1960s to communicate and, uh, you know, with various leaders and get them to accept their help, as it were, particularly in the realm of energy, of zero-point energy. And they were told, the evolved beings, the Pleiadians, were, were flatly told by the U.S. government at the time, which was the Eisenhower government, that we could never institute zero-point energy because it would force our entire economic situation to collapse. Okay? So... What we're dealing with with regards to the government, the black, the black ops budget, the narrow-minded thinking, again, is fear and protection of the old paradigm right. of the, of the military industrial complex, which is essentially an unregulated, undemocratic government that functions within the auspices of the United States, or I would even say the North American governments. So um, they're they're uh, and and yes, the evolved beings, the Pleiadians, the Arcturians, uh, uh, even the good the good guys from Zeta Reticulite, the the advanced beings can absolutely stop nuclear activity. They've done it. They've shut down warheads. Uh, it's been recorded in military laws that they have shut down warheads all over the place. So I feel very certain that as gentle and as patient as as these evolved beings are, that if push were to come to shove, if the old paradigm and the military forces of the old paradigm were to cause some real destructive trouble, that they would then make their presence immediately known and put an end to whatever hostilities were taking place. We have been told this much in various channelings that I have been privileged to listen to. Okay, and, and now what about implants? And I just want to let you know that I did shoot you an email 
that I received from a client of mine, and she sent me photographs of her hand, her right hand, and I just I had emailed you that. So if you, if you're near your computer and you can look it up, um, there's two pictures there of this triangular um, shape that appeared on her right hand, right between her thumb and her index like finger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And she said it just happened in, within the past couple of weeks. And since then, you know, her psychic abilities have been enhanced. Her spirituality has grown. Yep. And so, number one, what is that? And number two, are many of us who are here Pleiadians or Arcturians, and in terms of some of the implanting going on, you know, are they – is that strictly by the negative ETs, or would it be some of these higher beings who are keeping track of their family, or what do you think of that? Yes, I, exactly exactly that, Angel. Um, I mean, we are talking on the low end about something as simple as, you know, branding cattle, really. I mean, on, on the very low end, the darker agendas, we're talking about that type of thing. However, um the kind of implant that you're talking about, which would be the diamond-shaped sort of divot, there's also a common one that looks like a half moon or a, or a quarter moon. These these are, um, I would have to say, kind of like accelerants, stimulants. They are they are uh, implants. They are made out of organic material often, which is why it's kind of difficult sometimes to have them removed surgically and then have them be preserved. But um, there are there are physical implants like the ones that you described that are given to us upon mutual agreement uh, by the evolved beings, and there are also implants that are done to the etheric body, also again by mutual agreement, and with the idea of enhancing um, our natural abilities to make it easier to facilitate communication. All right, Leslie, once again, give your contact detail for our listeners. Absolutely, I shall. Um, and if anyone would like to get a hold of me, I would be thrilled just to chat with you. If you think you may have had an abduction experience, um, please get in touch. And you can always reach me at Leslie, that's spelled with the female Celtic spelling, the proper spelling, L-E-S-L-E-Y, Leslie at lightworkhypnosis.com. And Lightwork Hypnosis is all one word. So Leslie at LightworkHypnosis.com. And you can also phone my office, which is 416-486-6742. That's 416-486-6742. I've been dominating this conversation. Do you have questions for Leslie on this still? Because you know who will be the first person on the phone after this interview, don't you? I do, I do. We have, yes, indeed, we have several people who we know this is a pri of prime interest to them. But do you feel, uh, Leslie, that you are pioneering something in some way, or is this is this just common is common knowledge? I don't mean to denigrate what you the work you do or anybody's work, but mm. what I'm trying to get at is is this information in everybody? In other words, and what you're doing is helping to uncover it. Or is this totally new pioneering discoveries? 
Well, I think maybe the way I'm uncovering it through the use of hypnosis may be a bit on the pioneering edge, but I don't believe there's anything particularly special about myself or my clients necessarily. I think that we all have the capability to uh, to interface with um, with these wonderful beings who only have our best interests, you know, at heart, and who see us as their as their progeny, and and in many cases they are. Now, I believe that um, because of the way that the human race was created, I, I really accept the work of Zechariah Sitchin in the sense that um, that we were really, our evolution was sped up by the Anunnaki who had sophisticated genetic engineering information, and that's one of the reasons why we get so many illnesses and have a short lifespan is because it was an imperfect process. Uh, so we have a strong genetic relationship to, to various cultures who have helped also reseed the planet after traumas uh, and, and cataclysmic events such as uh, the Ice Age and, and perhaps the Great Flood. Um, now, one of the ways to, to look at this is that, you know, as I believe and maybe many of our listeners do, um, we, we as souls, as, as you know, sparks of the divine, our soul identities, we have, all of us, many of us, incarnated on different planets. So, uh, and Gail may have very well have, um, have had a number of lifetimes as a Pleiadian or Arcturian. And when I regress people uh, into past life regressions using hypnotherapy techniques, it's not unusual for me to discover um Lifetime spent um, essentially on other worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, now that being said, um, I also think that there, uh, like like you, I know believe Ahano, I believe in 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 a kind of a group karma, if you will, and I know that many of us now here on the planet at this exact time have decided in the interlife experience to incarnate now in human bodies to bring about this awakening and this freedom from this kind of uh, self-imposed limitation that we have lived under, uh, which has been used to control us and to keep us uh, in a subservient sense. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of my feeling about that. Okay. Leslie, let me just cut you short there because <clears throat> excuse me, we are running very short on time and in fact I'd like to extend this invitation to you over the airways to come back and join us next week where we will have the full 90 minutes because we have lots and lots and lots of questions if you can. Would you be able to do that? I would love to. Absolutely I would and and maybe even some of your your colleagues and the people that you're discussing uh, who have interest in this could in fact call in and maybe even chat with them live. Uh, That would be wonderful. I would imagine that many people probably did try to call in but became frustrated by the early... uh, earlier snafu. Yes. So I would love to do that. Right. That's absolutely wonderful. We really appreciate that. Okay. In that case, then, let's hold our questions until next week because we've only got two minutes left. And I want to just do a very, very quick recap of what we've covered today. We spoke about alien abductions, of course, in in, in its awe, in lots of its guises. We touched on Area 51, Roswell. We talked about crop circles. Uh, we did mention about hypnosis and past life regressions. Angel Rose spoke about the star essences, or those crop circle essences. We mentioned about implants, 
And we never got at all to talk about the life between lives and spiritual ascendance. And we want to cover all of those next week when we get you back on the show. So we're going to have to wind up there and let us thank all our listeners for being so patient with those those of them that have stayed on, as you say, despite the earlier technical snafus. But we will have a full 90 minutes next week where we will cover all of these questions because each time you answer a question, it begets another one. And we want to talk about the Pope's uh, comment that uh, no matter what religion you are, you're actually going to be saved by all of this kind of thing. We want to get your input on that. To talk also oh, I would about, love to. I would love yeah. to talk talk about the Pope and the uh, and the Catholic hierarchy and the early origins of the Church. That's something we could definitely get into. Yes, and we also want to talk about the Anunnaki and whether the whether they were actually of a benefit to us, whether they uh, uh, progressed us or regressed us in terms of their work. So don't answer that now. We will hold that until next week. So let us say a huge thank you who can be contacted at lightworkhypnosis.com and also at leslie at lightworkhypnosis.com is our email address, our telephone number 416-486-6742. And we look forward to speaking to you tomorrow for the Akashic Records online group and next week on our radio show with Leslie Mitchell-Clark. Huge thank you to everybody and Leslie, thanks again to you and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks, Leslie. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu.